Hello, welcome. You are here with Barcelona Metropolitan. My name's Harry Stott, and I'm here with Mimo Aguero, who is the daughter of the founder of the Tablao de Carmen. And we are here in Poble Espanol in Barcelona. Now, Mimo, you are the, so the daughter of the founder of Tablao de Carmen. Could you sort of give us a little introduction of what you do here at the Tablao? Okay. What I do is um, to welcome whoever wants to see flamenco mm -hmm. and experience what flamenco is about, as if it was um, my home, because I take it very personally. Yeah. Um, and I trespass my mother's intention of having very genuine, authentic flamenco. Mm -hmm. So my mother, who is from Barcelona and loves this city and loves flamenco, and actually was very f familiarized with the flamenco when she grew up, um, had this intention, the purpose to open a place where whoever wanted to visit Barcelona could um, live and um, experience that. Mm -hmm. So she opened a place with good flamenco like the way it is, improvised with very good musicians and with very good interaction between them. And at the time, in the 80s, there wasn't much of this. So that's my intention, to allow everyone to come while you see flamenco, you have dinner and you have drinks and you don't sit in a row of seats mm. looking forward but you are with other you get to see how they come in how they leave you know you see other it's a, it's a normal venue with the life of a bar restaurant with a very good flamenco show <laughs> Tablao de Carmen, which is um, an, an homage to Carmen Amaya. Um, and so for, for anyone watching who doesn't know who Carmen Amaya is, could you uh, sort of let them know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Carmen Amaya is one of the greatest artists of the 20th century. Um, she, she was born in, a, at the time, a slum for immigrants that um, is nowadays the Olympic Marina. Mm -hmm. And she... She grew up there with her dad and all her family, a family of immigrants originally from Granada. Her dad was a guitarist and she accompanied him in every um, work he did in bars. So he mm. will go and just do uh, uh, randomly to bars and taverns to make a living. And Carmen grew up completely self-taught. And she, very early age, she danced here where we are in this patio for the inauguration of the Spanish village with her dad and and several, several relatives mm -hmm. for the king at the time of Spain, Alfonso XIII. And she, she then became very famous, performed in theatres in Madrid, then in Paris. Then they all sailed to Buenos Aires, from Buenos Aires to New York. 
In New York, she was 10 years in between the States and South America. Hired a company of 40 people that were performing all sorts of dance, not only flamenco, but she was the closing number. She was the closing um, star. And um, she even danced for President Roosevelt in the White House. She was admired by Orson Welles, Greta Garbo, Picasso, Fred Astaire, um, Charles Chaplin, Jean Cocteau. I mean, she was a little bit one of a kind. Yeah. And sure. her style was definitely something that marked the way men dance flamenco nowadays. You know, men mm. used to dance, but it was an old-fashioned flamenco, and she modernized a lot. She did a lot of, um, a lot of emphasis in the footwork, in a, just as a way to keep the rhythm, rather than only the um, palms and the guitar. So mm -hmm. she, I think she inaugurated a, a completely personal but very strong style of flamenco, which you can find in Barcelona. I mean, she's not, you cannot repeat someone like her, but um, her style is, um, exists nowadays. Mm. And she was um, one of Spain's first real global stars, wasn't she? Um, in terms of not only within flamenco, but with within uh, you know all sorts of other other contexts yeah I think she was she brought the flamenco to a scale that had not been exposed mm -hmm. so she was in theaters dancing flamenco but pure flamenco so she also made movies actually lots of movies and a lot of recordings in America so um, singing uh, singing recordings uh, well she sang very well okay. and her father was very proud of her singing never dancing she said in one of her um, interviews in the radio, she said that she died with a uh, nostalgic that her father had never um, congratulated her <laughs> for dancing. But okay. he always asked her to sing. So there is a great recording of, um, of her in Deca that actually is being reproduced by Le Chant du Monde, the Mario Bois, a French guy, who did a very good collection of flamenco artists. And you can hear Carmen singing in those recordings. A la orilla de un río yo me voy And um, so you mentioned that, um, that Carmen was completely self-taught and do you think that's something about um, flamenco in general that it's uh, kind of more of a, a natural thing and harder to teach than maybe other dan dances? Or? Yes, I'm not very much into any sort of dances myself but um, what I understand of flamenco is that up until now uh, in history it's been something that you learn from a family ambience and from a personal um, research um, Carmen said that the only way that she was she was also interviewing the radio I heard her saying that her father will tell her yes this yes when she was dancing and then she would try to do that more than when her father said no this is not this is not right this is not right and then she only learned by discarding what the dad said it wasn't okay but by herself many famous artists Juan Ramirez, La Chana they all tell you that they learn alone or with their parents nowadays there is a many schools in Barcelona with great teaching mm. and of course it it um it promotes and fast and makes faster the learning curve and a lot of kids want to learn and they are not from family from flamenco families but they learn and they're great i mean they're even people that are not even spanish 
um, learn flamenco and they become great artists. But I think, um, by my own experience, the best flamenco artists are completely self-taught. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And um, so when most people, I think, uh, think of flamenco, they kind of they think of Andalusia more than they they would think of, uh, of Catalonia. But um, but Barcelona actually has a real a real history for um, for flamenco. And do you think so? Is that because of Carmen Amaya, you think, because she was born here, that there's such a, a No, history? actually, where she was born is not even um, well uh, known. We, okay. But she... Um, but she's kind of created... The, yeah, she was from a family that was based here. Yeah. But it, it is true that, you know, the majority of Andalusian and uh, gypsies that are in Barcelona are from a uh, different route. They, they don't belong here. They didn't belong when they came. Now, they do. All the flamencos that perform here, they consider themselves from Barcelona and Catalans. Mm -hmm. And also, Carmen said, I'm gypsy and Catalan. Mm -hmm. Soy gitana, catalana. Mm -hmm. She always said it. She was very proud. Mm -hmm. So she, she had a sense of belonging here. Um, but we all know that they came from the south of Spain. And mm -hmm. this where mainly, I think, the flamenco originated. It, uh, there is a great movie called La Chodrom, where you have all gypsies from around the world and from ar around the Mediterranean. Um, they say that they started off from India and when they reached uh, the Mediterranean, they went um, north and south and then all the way up to the far west of the Mediterranean. Mm. So I think in the south of Spain, there's great influence and nowadays, I heard all the artists describing the flamenco is all over Spain. There are very old-fashioned gypsy families called cafeletes that are gypsies that belong to Catalonia uh, before Carmen, before the big wave of immigrants arrived uh, for work, like in big cities like in Birmingham or Paris. You know, here in Barcelona was a great center of attention, so lots of them came, but they they remain. And I think nowadays they are a very, very big part of the population that consider themselves from here, but they have the, their culture, the flamenco culture. And so flamenco tablao, Specifically, um, how does it how does it kind of differ to a normal uh, or, or to a, to another way of, of seeing it? How many so how many artists do you have and what do they each do? And okay, the um, our idea of tablao, it's um, lately we have reduced it to seven artists or six artists. We have two singers, two guitars, and three dance. And what we like is to have a very um, simple, conventional staged. So they're all on stage. Sometimes there's a solo guitar or what we call un cante alante, singing only the singer and the guitar. But usually we, as we assign them a rhythm to each dancer and they go on a row. And usually the first one is the, the most junior one. There's always someone who's starting. Uh, and they, the, the, clo the junior one closes. And the style is actually very uh, simple and the line is, it flows, you know, from the beginning of the show, you have them all on stage and it's relaxed. When they finish, they go 
off stage one of them and then comes back they drink a little bit of water and then they start the other the another the other rhythm yeah mm. cool and so why did um why did your your mother originally start the uh, the tabla to come in and why specifically here is there a history to to this place that we're in right now yes there is mm -hmm. well my mother had always wanted to do a flamenco tavern mm -hmm. and um Although she never expected to be such a big business as it is now, it's a big venue which hosts 150 people, if you want. But her idea was a small bar, and then she kept saying it, and she was invited by a friend of hers to see this place where Carmen Amaya had danced just before the Olympics. They wanted to renew it for the locals, mm -hmm. you know, to have people to come and get drinks, dance salsa cubana, and go to a discotheque and see. And one option was in this, in the Andalusian quarters to have flamenco. So this friend of hers said, no, you have to come because there is a place where apparently Carmen Amaya danced and they call it El Patio del Farolillo. And it's where she was there for a whole season when they opened the Spanish village. So come, come, come. So she was taken out of bed and came here completely sleepy and saw this patio and thought, what a beautiful place. And then lots of friends wanted to be in the same venture. They all said, well, we'll back you up. We really want to be here. So then it became like a bigger... Uh, a bigger enterprise so they were offered a great space next door to this patio um, and because she was a friend of Carmen Amaya and she loved the story of Barcelona and Carmen being related to this place she named it by coincidence I mean she never thought about the name she, th she mm. had another name in mind for the flamenco place so mm. she named it El Tablao de Carmen mm. next door and she made a backyard became you know the venue that where we host the flamenco every night yeah. it was designed with a very good architect and actually was after the idea that uh, Carmen had and said when she couldn't dance anymore because of an illness she had. Uh, Carmen's husband always said, well, we would, um, I would put a place for her to dance or she will run a flamenco place. Mm. And the place was un corral, a place where you have different balconies that overlooked the a central piece which is the stage and my mother with that, the architect and the space we they were given and assigned they organized the, the tablao who's mm. el tablao de carmen mm. yeah and have you but have you tried to also keep it um although, although you designed it new you've tried to sort of keep it in the same way completely. completely a lot of people come and say well this painting is uh, abstract and it shouldn't be here why don't you put some uh, picture of carmen amaya mm. and Nothing is as long as I'm alive and my mother is alive. I'm not going to change a bit. I think it has a great character and it's um, conceived aesthetically as someone who knows quite a lot about um, spaces and um, beauty. And the big painting has to do with um, uh, still life of flamenco with a jar of wine and a guitar. And the uh, painting of Carmen Amaya in the staircase is a gift that was given to my mother by, by my father. Yes. Um, which is Carmen coming out of a crowd, dancing in white. And all the pictures are photos of my mother and um, all the register material that he left to her, my, my father to my mother. Mm -hmm. And only lately we've done some pictures where there is one with um, her husband, who's my father, Juan Antonio Agüero, playing to Carmen. And also a very nice one of Mrs. Churchill with... Uh, meeting Carmen Amaya, oh, yeah. and they they said apparently there was two queens face to face <laughs> in the whatever it wasn't yeah. a queen but it was like right. as important yeah. as a yeah. queen. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so 
So then obviously the tradition is, is really important to you and so that feeds into the type of flamenco as well. You, you keep the, the actual flamenco that they dance very traditional as well. Yes. Mm. I mean, I, I try to allow the artists to, have their, to show their personality and their style. Um, I have a little bit of difference with my mother there because she wants a very old-fashioned flamenco. And nowadays the artists, they have, they're young. They have personality, they want to show off. And if you tell them, if you shape them a lot, then you, you lose the, I think, the naturality and the strength that the flamenco should have. So um, we try, they all have a little bit of their own style, but we, everyone knows that this is a traditional flamenco place. Mm -hmm. So the artists, when they come, they, they understand there is already a line and a stamp, and they respect that. It's actually quite easy to... We, we don't need uh, to clarify that much because they, they know we follow uh, an old-fashioned flamenco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as opposed to, I suppose, because um, um, flamenco I in, in music and, uh, and, and even things like pop music as well has been really taken, taken into it. So it's nice to have that, um, a place which really yeah. looks like And also the, the base of flamenco is the same, whether it's modern or old-fashioned. Mm -hmm. It's the same base. So it's a rhythm and it's there. Mm and it's about the personality of the artist as well. So uh, we've had, um, I mean, I like to invite artists here that are good artists, not necessarily, you know, fusion or I don't think, are they really flamen pure flamenco? Well, they are flamenco. So as long as you have a good guitarist, a good voice, um, it's good to open up, open up. Mm -hmm. And so who are some of the uh, dancers who you have in at the moment? Yeah, currently we have a um, very young girl who started here um, at a very early age uh, last year. And she is actually um, a descendant of Carmen Amaya's family. So her oh. grandmother, Doña Amparo, is the great-granddaughter of Carmen. So the, her, the great-uncle of this girl was Carmen Amaya's uncle. Mm -hmm. And she's very committed to dance daily. She's completely upset when she has to miss one day because we've hired someone else. She's, um, I would call her like a thoroughbred of the uh, flamenco. It's all the qualities that we like about flamenco, she has them. She's learning, she's learning how to, she danced all her life in an academy, unlike other artists. You know, she's very, her family encouraged her to go to dance uh, in an um, academy called Latani. So she grew up with other girls not of her level, but she uh, she um, storage a lot of knowledge now, and she's learning to give it and interact with the artists we have in the house. That's Gema Amaya. Then we have several senior dancers that have been dancing in, in big companies and putting performances that are much more choreographed, but they recognize that what they like is the flamenco, the real flamenco. So once they come here and they experience that, they they prefer to leave the other choreographed stuff mm -hmm. from theatres and come more often here. That's uh, Rebecca Monasterio, Mari. We have an artist called Johnny Cortez, who's a um, local from Barcelona. His um, aunt used to sing here. Um, we have a very good guitarist called Jose Andres Cortez, who's been with Duquende. We have Carlos Elarenque, who's been here 30 years in a solid guitar, as a, you know, to keep the dancing. Mm -hmm. It's a very different the guitar for singing or the solo concert as for being a guitar for dancing. So you need um, someone who gives a lot, who knows a lot about 
falsetas who inspires falseta is when it's como un arpegio no es when yeah, you yeah, sure. when you invite the creativity of the dancer so there so it's um i think with these two guitars and the voices are juaneque who is a great singer he's, he's been here 30 years he's from a very well recognized artist family and he has recorded a very good cd called linaje he's known all over spain he's a very recognized singer and his nephew Josef fernandez also so we have two singers sometimes three the guitars and we rotate the dancers we sometimes invite people from other parts of spain mm -hmm. and they come and they there is a lot of movement now in barcelona so they if they come here maybe they they will perform in another tablao mm -hmm. so they they move i don't believe in um monopolizing one artist and saying you're with me for a month and don't go anywhere else um and we also have the grandson of a very, very famous singer called Juan Villar. He's from Cádiz and he's just settled here and he's an exceptional dancer, Juan José Villar. Oh, wow. So we have, um, we've had El Guillo y El Tete, they grew up here. There are two kids from Badalona who are exceptional dancers as well, related to Carmen Amaya through the mother's side as well. Mm. And um, I think those are the big stars of the Barcelona scene. They're, They just did a movie in Madrid with um, Paco León, Art de Madrid, mm. and you can. They are they are very good artists in Barcelona. Well, they love what they do and they yeah. do it intensively. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah, sounds like an amazing amazing company. talked about um, how crea creativity is a big part for the dancers but what other um, kind of skills do you think as a dancer you need for uh, to make a good flamenco dancer I think you need to learn from the old flamenco mm -hmm. artists um, because it's where the, it's the soul of flamenco is there and there is something that is, is very true that you know it comes from struggle and from hardship it's like a cry So um, if you don't experience that, or if you don't understand it, where it comes from, it's very difficult to you know, become a dancer that is only um, choreographing and dancing away. Mm. So um, I'll ask you again to repeat the question. Yeah, um, yeah so yeah, it was, um, uh, so obviously creativity is, uh, yeah. a, is, a, is a big part of it, but yeah, other skills that the dancers would that Yeah, the dancers would so make. nowadays I think they can study a lot. Mm -hmm from sources like uh, YouTube and yeah, visual, and they, they actually use them for the best. Um, they really um, spend their time mm. studying, researching, yeah. looking and hearing and, it's, and then interacting together. Yeah. So kids, even kids, you know, they, in school they say, well, we play to dance and, and clap and mm -hmm. dance. Um, recently for a private party we've had kids that are it's a group of six kids and they are of a caliber you wouldn't expect and they've learned by themselves so they they had a guitar they know the rhythm their parents tell them no no this is where you stay in this rhythm la seguirilla la, mm -hmm. la solea and uh, they have the power of um, I mean they have a memory 
they have an understanding of the culture, they respect it, mm -hmm. and they want to they want to do it the way it's always been the flamenco. So mm. you don't have to say ah you have to be more pure, more authentic because it comes out naturally. Mm. They have it. I think they, I think it's memory and and um, culture yeah. that has been passed from one to another, mm. and it's there. It's in the way they the you you can hear singing in the streets where they live, and it's um, it's a lifestyle. Mm. And also they gather together. If you're a guitarist and you like how to play, you go where they play and you look at it and they allow you to play and then you play along with them. So it's very, it's, um, it's very social. Yeah, and it's so wonderfully simple as well. You only need a guitarist yeah. and people to clap and then, yeah. and then, you, and then you already have the, yeah. the kind of basis. They're very solidary, the artists. Yeah. They're always together and they, they gather in order to learn. And they learn in parties, they learn in, in, in schools as well. Mm. And in places like this, if you're open to them, I, I like to allow them in. You know, it's an expensive place, but you know, artists are welcome. And I, if we don't have full houses, I allow, I love when they are around. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I and that idea of community is where it goes for um, for the uh, for the audience as well. Um, yeah. And so it's not just the food, it's not just the dancing, but it's also they have food and they can have a drink. Yeah, yeah. Watching, so yeah, yeah. yeah. And the mother of Gemma is always you know, cheering up from the from the balcony, and everyone looks up and says, yeah. oh, "Who is this woman?" She goes like, "Arsa, Minenia." This is very sweet. And it's um, and then the uh, friends are always invited to come out at the end of the show to do uh, a kick, what we call a kick por bulerías, una patada por bulerías. So the ambience, uh, we welcome you know whoever wants to. Um, of a certain level to start and perform, we allow them to, you know, in a very improvised way, but we do it very often. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mimo. That was, yeah, really, really fascinating. Yeah, thank you, Harry. Hope yes. you come and see the show Yes, once. no, of course. And yes, yeah, so we're at the, um, the, the Tabla de Carmen in Poble Espanol. When, what times do you open uh, the people, or when are your shows, the people? Uh, we see? open nearly daily. Mm -hmm. uh, daily. Sometimes we close on Mondays, but we are open every day, and we have two shows daily. We open at 6 p.m. the first show, and you have 45 minutes to eat and drink, and then the show starts at quarter to seven for an hour, mm -hmm. and then we open a second show at 8.30, and the show starts at nine, quarter past nine. So we always have 45 minutes to eat tapas. We have three different menus, and, and people can also ask independent tapas if you only want to drink, and then you decide you want to eat something. But we open daily twice. Okay, yeah. amazing. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you've been watching for Barcelona Metropolitan. Um, yeah, thank you. Ciao.